Making Space for a New Normal in the United Methodist Church on Being Encouraged with Bishop Julius Trimble here on episode number 27 of the United Methodist People podcast with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. Well, I'm, I'm encouraged because people aren't waiting to be told what, what adaptive uh, leadership looks like. They're, they're you know, they're one of the first churches I worshiped with had a COVID-19 fund. Welcome to the United Methodist People podcast with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes that strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church is essential to accomplishing the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The United Methodist People podcast helps clergy and church leaders connect with key insights, hear inspiring stories, and learn from the people making a difference in the United Methodist Church through conversation and commentary. And now, here's Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to United Methodist People Podcast with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. I'm a local church pastor in Indianapolis devoted to communicating the strength of the United Methodist Church comes when we are in conversation and commentary about things that matter. We are continuing our conversations with Bishop Julius Trimble on being encouraged, where he speaks into our life on a number of matters. We did want you to know that here in the United Methodist People podcast, we exist to serve the folks at United Methodist Church. You can go to our website, United Methodist Podcast, for our back episodes of the podcast or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash United Methodist Podcast. We are uh, pleased to have uh, Bishop Julius Tremble join us again here today for a conversation that we had today uh, regarding the nature of the new normal in the United Methodist Church as we continue to move through this process of this quarantine situation we're under in the United Methodist Church and here in the state of Indiana where we are located at and where Bishop Tremble is the bishop of this area. We spoke to confirm, first of all, that the United Methodist Church in Indiana will not be meeting in public worship on May the 3rd and on May the 10th, with the earliest possible resumption of our public worship services on May the 17th, but we'll be updated constantly about that place. But we went into our conversation today also talking about trust and about how God is our help and our shield. And and the bishop referred to Psalm 33rd chapter regarding that. But then our conversation turned into the nature of the new normal in the church moving forward. In particular, we had a conversation regarding the ambiguities and the challenges of younger clergy in our United Methodist churches and to find a place for those folks to be heard and understand their influence upon the church right now. This is an important conversation that we had here today in the United Methodist People podcast. I'm glad you're here to join us and for us to understand that this uh, the new normal is coming one way or another. And we have to understand that uh, we have to find new ways of doing church and we can learn some things from our, from our younger clergy. The bishop also gave us a devotional thought about what it means to make a difference and to understand what it means to ponder the question, is it well with my soul? Thank you for being with us today on the United Methodist People podcast. Let's get into these encouraging words from Bishop Julius Tremble right now. 
Good morning, Bishop. Welcome to the podcast today. Good morning, Dr. Brad Miller. How are you? I am awesome. You know, the sun is shining through my home office windows here, a beautiful blue sky, and I see the blooms of some uh, dogwood trees and uh, other uh, red buds and things like that around. Awesome day. Let's uh, let's have a good week together, my friend. Let's have a good week. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, uh, the sun is coming in. I've got uh, three big windows in my office, and so I'm looking out at the sun, sun uh, shining in, and it's... Uh, a beautiful day to be alive. And being alive is a key, what we're talking about here in this season of the Easter tide, and but also a season when we continue to deal with the impact of the coronavirus upon all of our, every aspect of life, including our, our church life. And uh, I just wanted to uh, chat with you a minute, just to, just to get a, kind of get one of our facts up front and out of the way so we can deal with that and then get in some other things. And then uh, to, we're talking today on the 27th of, of April. You originally said a um, advisement a few weeks ago about churches remaining out of worship through the month of April. And then just recently you made an announcement regarding uh, churches meeting in the month of May. Would you say a word about where we stand on churches meeting for worship uh, moving forward? Well, first of all, I want to say I, I am so uh, encouraged by the ways in which churches and pastors have adapted to this uh, global pandemic, how we've been faithful in continuing to worship uh, digitally and stay connected with our folks and with our neighbors and our communities. Uh, I pretty much have been following the guidelines of our governor, Governor Holcomb of Indiana, uh, and uh, recommendations uh, from our health professionals. Uh, So as the governor gives... uh, Uh, weekly updates um, and has extended executive orders relative to uh, groups of more than 10 not meeting. Uh, I pretty much have been following those guidelines. Now his, his order did not extend to May the 17th. uh, But what, what I am recommending is based upon the Sundays that are before us. So if we don't have 14 consecutive days of, reduced numbers of persons uh, being diagnosed and admitted with the COVID-19 and reduced numbers of deaths, then uh, the likelihood of there being a permission uh, from the governor and and the the, the coronavirus guidelines from the health professionals and from our federal government are really that we not have large gatherings until such time that there is a decline uh, of um, the spread of the coronavirus. So I wanted to give our churches a heads up and say, listen, don't plan to meet any time before May 17th. And I know May the 10th is a big, big Sunday, typically uh, with Mother's Day. Uh, but the likelihood of the uh, changes being made by the governor for large gatherings to take place um, is not probably won't happen before then. So to prepare to continue to do as we have been doing. And and I'm in a position to certainly encourage churches to start preparing for what that may look like when you do go back to worship. So we will have some suggested guidelines for congregations to consider. And there already are some guidelines uh, in the uh, uh, governor's executive order on congregations meeting uh, how you, how we can continue to implement social distancing and safe practices when we do come back together. So that's going to be a new challenge, Brad, for us 
uh, when we do go back to worship. Mm-hmm. Well, we hear the term quite a bit these days, a new normal in everything, the economic systems, our health care, everything, but certainly in church life as well. We're going to have to have some sort of a new normal because we'll, we're going to have to be, just to be, be specific, we're, we will not plan on being in worship uh, May 3rd or May 10th and 17th at the earliest, but we need to be staying tuned to our governor and to your emails and videos regarding things in the life of the church because this is a day-to-day thing it looks like to me and there, absolutely and there will be as we said a new way of doing church when we come out the other side of this mm-hmm. bishop you mentioned that uh that you had some scriptures that were on your mind and just some things in your heart what's on your heart today some words of encouragement to us well i think uh the psalms um really provide a blessing for us if we we recall many of them are attributed to david uh but a lot of the Psalms really connect us with our relationship to a God who can be trusted. Psalm 33, 20, for example, we put our hope in the Lord. God is our help and our shield. Uh, over and over again, we get the message that our hope should be placed in God, our creator. We put our hope in the Lord. God is our help and our shield. So this uh, certainly is a challenging time for the church and for for believers and those persons who may not have a faith experience. Uh, But we believe in a God uh, who travels with us, uh, who watches over us, uh, who is our help and our shield. Uh, Nowhere do I understand, at least from my theological perspective, uh, Brad, um, that we were promised life without problems. But we were promised a life not alone. And so I've been saying, uh, and I want to continue to say to to laity and to clergy, let's put our hope and our trust in in the Lord. This doesn't mean we should make good decisions. Uh, As one of my colleagues says, there's a difference between faith and foolishness. Mm. So we should not make foolish decisions, uh, but we should indeed uh, lean into our faith. Well, that Wesley quadrilateral has, the, along with the experience of the scripture, has the reason part, too. And that's uh, using our our uh, facilities that God has given us. I think that's one of the strengths of uh, uh, being a United Methodist and being uh, in the Wesleyan family is the fact that uh, we are not expected to check our minds or our reason at the door uh, when we come in or when we go out uh, from the gathered church. It wouldn't be good if the church could be a place where there is uh, serenity and sanity and uh, peace and uh, direction in the midst of a world that's a little bit chaotic right now. Wouldn't that be great if we could be the source of of that? I I learned a new term, Brad, uh, this past week in another meeting um, uh, when people were reflecting on when you when you've been home this long, sometimes you can forget what day it is. Oh yes, and you're not going crazy. There's a term for it. It's called temporal disintegration. Now, when you actually kind of forget, you know, uh, is this Friday or is it Thursday or Saturday? You're not alone. Uh, you're not alone if you if you've had that experience uh, these nearly sixty days. I guess we've been on sheltering in place. It sometimes you don't distinguish the days as you normally do because our rhythm has been somewhat disrupted. But I do see a great increase in what I call a a spirit of neighborly kindness. In my neighborhood, I see uh, the the children are home from school. Parents are 
are, are engaged with their children all day and many folks are working from home or, or their, their work has been disrupted. So it is, it's, there's been some um, serendipity, some unexpected blessings, mm-hmm. as well as a lot of serious challenges. It's, sure, it's absolutely. Difficult. Yeah, it's difficult are, for people to go this We long. have to be honest, to be real about the challenges uh, before us. And it, I think it's very true that we choose uh, when we have great stress, some people can go really bad. Some people can go to a really dark place, depression and and acting out anger and violence and all kinds of things and some poor decision-making. Mm-hmm. And the other things we can do is make good decision-making based on a greater vision of mm-hmm. what can be and what will be. And certainly the Christian message is a, a vision of life and new life. Mm-hmm. There's a certain group of folks I want to chat with you about here today mm-hmm. who I believe may be under a kind of unique set maybe not unique, but certainly a particular set of circumstances given the challenges of the church right now, earth-shaking events, really. I'm talking about younger clergy and prospective clergy, seminarians, uh, college folks, other folks concerning ministry, a call to ministry. And there have been, in our United Methodist Church, there literally in the last year, last few months, two profound earth-shaking events. One, of course, is the coronavirus, which has impacted everybody and disrupted everything, I mean, including schools and educational processes and uh, administrative processes, let alone uh, callings and so on. And then, of course, within our United Methodist Church, the upheaval, the potential schism in the church and un- uncertainty and things like that. Let's talk about young clergy and young people with a vision for ministry for a minute. You work with a lot of those folks. What is in it for, for those folks these days? What kind of challenges are they facing? And what are you seeing from a young clergy that is uh, uh, concerned, but also encouragement to you? I think a, a young clergy are probably wrestling uh, with what does my call look like in this particular space? Um, a certain amount of ambiguity should be expected if you, if you answer a call to, to ministry. If God has called you to ministry, there's, there's a certain amount of tension and, and uh, uh, ambiguity that you, that you live with. But I think this amount of ambiguity and, and institutional uh, stress uh, is probably more than some people bargain for. So I think it is important for those of us who've been in ministry for a while to make sure we create a sufficient space and business and especially uh, create a sp- sufficient space to hear from from our younger clergy, not only hear from our younger clergy, but, but make sure that their influence uh, shapes the church in which they are going to be serving long after you and I have retired and uh, move on to other chapters in our life. And, and I'm, I'm committed to doing that. In fact, I hope to hear from folks. I hope uh, some of our, of our young clergy who would uh, listen to this podcast, would initiate both some conversation points, but also some recommendations on what kind of church uh, they want to live in. Most folks uh, that I'm in conversation with don't want to waste their time on internal conflict uh, that has no period at the end of the sentence, if you will. Uh, People are, are much more concerned about how can I make a difference uh, for Christ and make a difference uh, in my community and in my and in my church life uh, with people that want to do something that actually expands the cause of Christ. That's awesome. So we we're hearing from some folks who are not 
necessarily ingratiated to the institution. They are really, uh, really uh, enmeshed in the mission and they really, really, really want to do some good. Mm-hmm. And if the institution can help me do help us do that, that's yay. We're all for it, mm-hmm. but we don't want to be held back either. Well, mm-hmm. What are some signs of hope or some signs of encouragement? Maybe some stories you may have seen some of our younger clergy, what are they doing? What are they saying to you that you're finding uh, some encouragement with, because they have been bombarded with a lot of negative stuff here. So what yeah. are they doing to encourage you? Well, I'm, I'm encouraged because people aren't waiting to be told uh, what, what adaptive uh, leadership looks like. They're, they're, you know, they're uh, one of the first churches I worshiped with had a COVID-19 uh, fund and they're, they're passed by a young, a young, one of our young clergy providing leadership. Many of our younger clergy were not as, uh, shell shocked if you will when we were had to quickly adapt to more digital platforms for worship because they're much more active most of them i don't want to i don't want to paint with too broad a brush but most of them are already pretty active on social media uh, and and probably were waiting for their churches to catch up and being forced this forced to be a little more um, forthright in our use of technology uh, this has been encouraged by young clergy since I came to Indiana. You know, sure. why, why don't we do more, more of this instead of less of this? Uh, you've been ahead of the curve, uh, but a lot of other folks have said, you know, this maybe will push us to a better place. Yeah. Seminarians are having a difficult time as well. You mentioned seminarians. Yes, yes. Uh, our seminaries too, because people want to know, do I really want to invest that kind of money with potential debt in, in this in this space. And so I hope we don't lose our best and brightest. But the good news is people are still answering the call to ministry. When we have our cabinet meetings, we almost always hear of folks who are answering the call to ministry in our local churches. That's one of the things we miss about not being in church. I, I would uh, always want to extend the invitation to those persons who may be listening to this podcast. You may have sure. a call to ministry and not be aware of it. And, and you need someone to help process that. Uh, I was fortunate to have for a pastor uh, who, who was adept at encouraging young people and older persons as well, who felt a call to ministry uh, uh, to consider that call. Uh, God's not done with us, I don't think. And no. God's just using this, uh, using uh, our church in different ways. We have to adjust our vision. You know, the scriptures say without vision, the people cast off restraint or without vision, the people perish. And we have to have a greater vision, a new vision and adjust our vision, I believe, is where we're at. And and I just uh, appreciate your call to be encouraged that way. Bishop, what kinds of words would you want to share with us in terms of maybe a devotional thought or prayers or anything we need to be talking about or claiming that what what's on your heart today that you would like to share in terms of a devotional thought? One of the one of the great questions that we uh, in the uh, Wesleyan tradition lean into is the question: Is it well with your soul? Sometimes we say ask that, and and we just sit at the superficial level, Brad. I think that's a question that's that's well worth us sitting with and pondering and praying over. What does it mean for us to be well, to to be well in our soul? And I think we should be asking each other that question on a regular basis. Is it really well with your soul? If it's not well with your soul, if you're not sleeping well, if you're, if, if you're, if you're, if you're overwhelmed, if you feel a sense of burden, 
what does it mean for you to be in community with God, to be in communion with God, and to be in community with others so that your soul can be uh, cared for? And I think our soul can be cared for uh, as we know that others are praying for us. First Peter 5 and 7 says, give all your cares and worries to God, for God cares for you. And I know people can hear us say God cares for them, but it only really matters if they know that we care for them and we are willing to care for one another. I have a mission statement, Brad, you hear it all the time, but to encourage all people with the love of Jesus Christ to rise to their highest potential. And I believe I can do that because I have been encouraged. I have been cared for. And people consistently ask me, Bishop Julius Calvin Trimble, is it well with your soul? Uh, and I'm praying for you. So I want people to know that that uh, we're praying for them. I'm praying for you. And we can really ask that question uh, and, and not necessarily need a five-second answer. We can sit with that. You know, every day is not a good day for me. And, and every day may not be a good day for you. But if we hang on, uh, tomorrow will come, the sun will rise. And like right now, Brad, I'm listening to the birds. I guess they're having a choir practice outside. Oh. Because it's awesome. Sound. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that good word there. And just to, I want to just briefly comment on it, and then I'd like for you to pray for us. And it's a simply, I would just add to what you're saying about is it well with your soul and making those connections, that it's so important in this time when we are physically separate from one another to be even that much more intentional about being connected to one another and to be go to those deeper places, you know, uh, connect up with our covenant partners, with our church folks, with our prayer teams, with our uh, uh, with our conference superintendents, with our bishop, with our spouses, with other people in our lives, and be very intentional about these uh, deeper relationships because we need it. We got to have it, or we're not going to get 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 through this. So the, the intentionality, I think, is very important here. Yeah, there are two books that uh, one book I read several years ago. I don't know if you know, Brad, but I'm originally from Chicago. Yes, and I knew that. Yeah. A book written entitled Heat Wave. There's been a second book written about it. But in 1995, there was this tremendous heat wave going through the Midwest. And uh, I think over 700-something people died in Chicago during that heat wave over the course of about three weeks. Uh, there was there was like 11 days where it never went yes. below 90. I, re- I remember that. It was over 100 several times, yeah, too. Yeah, 100. And so what they found out was that, you know, sociologists kind of look back that many of these people were surrounded by thousands of people in their communities, but they were isolated. Uh, many of many seniors who were in homes that didn't have air condition, but they were isolated. I think during this uh, global uh, pandemic, and, and, and if we really think about it locally, the one thing that we cannot afford is for us to become so isolated that we forget that there are people really uh, close by us that we really have to be intentional about reaching out to praying for. Uh, and, and I'm glad to report that I see a lot of good signs that we are doing that. And we certainly awesome. can do more. Well, let's conclude that time with a thought. Maybe you can pray for us, particularly perhaps keeping in mind those folks who do feel isolated or alone. So would you mind praying for us, Bishop? Well, certainly. Lord God, we pray right now for persons who may be feeling alone today or tonight uh, wherever they might be across the globe, oh God, we want them to know uh, through the through my voice and through our voice today uh, that they are loved by God, they are cared for by God, 
Their lives are important and critical, even in this moment. Oh God, we pray that you will bring sunshine and hope uh, and love and forgiveness all across this globe. Help us to care for one another because you care for us. We give you thanks and praise, oh God. You've done the heavy lifting. You carried our souls across the finish line of forgiveness. And for that, we give you praise as Easter people. In Jesus' name, amen. A new normal is coming one way or another. And so it is. We are thankful to uh, Bishop Trimble for advising us and pointing us towards some of the aspects of how we need to pivot and to make adjustments uh, to our calling and to our vision and how we can learn some things from our younger clergy in this regard and make sure that we, the established church makes room for their influence, makes space for, for, for those folks, and to know that we need to be influenced by those folks, particularly in some areas that we can learn from. Uh, just to point out just a couple of things. The bishop mentioned how many of our younger clergy were not shocked by the need for going to digital forms of worship and online worship and things of this nature, uh, because as many f- folks in the established church were, because it's a part of their life, part of their world, and it made the adjustment quite a bit quicker. But it has also made, uh, made the point that younger clergy are teaching us to be really concerned about how we can make a difference and how to understand that that is what we are to be about, to be difference makers, and how the institution, when it can support this, is a great thing, but the institution cannot hold us back. And so we had some conversation about that, some things to learn, that there's a lot of ambiguity and a lot of uneasiness and a lot of un, uh, a lot of challenges in the church right now, but there will, a new normal will be coming sometime soon. We will, very. it is very unlikely that we'll go back to church Status quo, the way it was always done before, we'll have to have some different form of doing church once we get past this pandemic. And we need to learn from our younger clergy along that line. The United Methodist People Podcast is here to learn, to teach, to be a voice, to be a place where conversation and commentary can take place to help strengthen the connection in the United Methodist Church. My name is Reverend, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. It's my pleasure to be with you. We want to invite you to go to unitedmethodistpodcast.com for some back episodes of the podcast that you may find helpful. We have a free gift for you there. And also you can connect up with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash unitedmethodistpodcast. It's good to be with you. We'll be with you again next time for more conversation and commentary that are integral to the strengthening of the connection of the United Methodist Church. Until then, I want to invite you to consider this quote from John Wesley. I want the whole Christ for my Savior, the whole Bible for my book, the whole church for my fellowship, and the whole world for my mission field. Thanks so much for listening to the United Methodist People podcast with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. You can continue the conversation and commentary about strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church to accomplish our mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Visit the United Methodist People podcast on the web at unitedmethodistpodcast.com and connect at facebook.com slash United Methodist Podcast. And always do all the good you can.